Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast. Starring Dave Schilling. Thurl Bailey, Mamet O'Cour, Joey Devine, Eric Lechner, Mel Counts, Sean Keen, Truck Robinson, Ricky Rubio, Special Guest Sarah Todd. Greg Foster, but not that Greg Foster. Patreons, Christine D'Amato. Thank you, Christine. Elliot Runberg. Thank you, Elliot. William McGacron. Thank you, William. Abraham Rink. Thank you, Abraham. Musical guest. The Mormon Tabernacle Choir! And now the temporary host of Round Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi! It's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock Podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode. I'm here, as always, with America's Uncle Dad, my friend and yours, Sean Keen. I'm good. Doing okay. Um, just okay. It's always, it's always never that. Sometimes I, I guess I, I have answered before, before you asked how I was. It's true. Well, uh, a I reader guess, noticed. Well, apparently last week I forgot to ask you how you were, and you still and I still said it. I was yeah. doing okay. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Um, uh, I've we've been, s- we've been recording, baby. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've been recording. I've been uh, slacking a little bit on my end of the. Patreon. Well, there's some, there's but an Sean. exciting stuff coming up. There is. Uh, <laughs> There's a, a, a plus-sized um, 
Corbcast coming out where mm-hmm. we talk about Jerry West's autobiography. So get excited for that. And uh, how can they listen to that, Sean? Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash roundrockpod. You can also hear um, an exciting preview of the Jack Reacher Amazon series. Mm-hmm. Not really even a preview of the series as much as me and Damon Agnos uh, talking about the trailer. Uh, and then I will be putting up a tier list of all the things John Conchar said in the mic'd up section sometime later this of his uh, Memphis Grizzlies mic'd up section sometime later this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, well, I'm we gonna also try have a and new get Indiana Katie Pacers, to do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mini mm-hmm. podcast. Oh, what's out. that called? Um, you know. I said it was going to be called Pacemakers, mm-hmm. and then I pitched it to the the other Indiana Pacers fan I know, uh, Megan Gailey, mm-hmm. and uh, she said that sounded like uh, something that you have to put because your heart is about to fail, it and is, then she yeah. said, actually, maybe it is a good name for this Pacers team. <laughs> Also, her baby is going to have the middle name. I'm going to break this news on the podcast. It's not a secret, but the baby's middle name is going to be Jalen. Oh. Because uh, he was on the Pacers and the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're in kind of a mixed marriage. Makes sense. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, Sean, we have a huge episode today. <laughs> we really do. There's a lot going on. Um, first off, uh, we should say, listeners, you might have noticed a uh, lot of Utah names there. And that's because we, for once in our goddamn lives, have given uh, some Utah jazz people a say on this podcast. The Joey, team we're hardest on. Can I can I be specific to what we did? Yeah, yeah. We gave him some respect. Yeah, we did. We did. Well, we respected the jazz enough. A lot we more than We respected the jazz writers. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're going to be hearing an interview Sean and I did. A little bit later, we had Greg and Sarah from Unsalvageables, the Utah Jazz Podcast, or sorry, Unsalvageable, a Utah Jazz Podcast, to throw the jazz some respect, even though uh, we did it at a point when they've been playing their worst this season. But you're going to hear that. But first, Sean, Mm -hmm. some business. At Round Rock Pod on Twitter, roundrockpod at gmail.com. Call mm-hmm. us on the phone. We always like hearing your messages at the number in the description of the episode. Uh, buy, our, buy stuff on from TeePublic uh, using... I almost did it without stumbling on my own words. <laughs> uh, buy our stuff uh, using our TeePublic link, also in the description. And uh, follow Sean on Twitter at Sean Keen. Um, yes. Used to be Thank LL you. Cool S, but now it's at Sean Keen. All right. It's still <laughs> my Venmo in case you're, you know. But before we get to the unsalvageables, <laughs> we've got to talk. Uh, we've got to talk about the news. Yeah. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean. Our first story is, of mm-hmm. course, the top story everyone's talking about today. It's big. Chandler it's been all Parsons over the, the news. <laughs> Chandler Parsons, at one point the most powerful man in the Dallas Mavericks front office. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's true. He was he was <laughs> leading the DeAndre Jordan recruitment effort. He was he he was the shadow GM. He's also, I would say, the reason the Hollinger and Duncan podcast exists. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a good point. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, that that's the main reason that that's there. We might not even have the arguing about food pod if if it weren't for this signing. Um, Chandler Parsons, uh, no, incredibly signed disastrous contracts with the Dallas Mavericks and the Memphis Grizzlies back to back. Essentially. Almost no one that worked for those franchises is still there in the wake, I would mm-hmm. say. Yep. Maybe the pants DJ still works there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the NBA's Florida man himself, I would say. The most Orlando man alive. Well, he signed his contract with the Mavericks <laughs> in a strip club. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget what jeans he used to sell. Hold on. What? Uh, Chandler Parsons. Jeans? And uh, didn't he didn't he uh, inappropriately jeans. contact yeah. uh, teenage girls on he on sure social did. media? And yeah. he certainly looks like something something <laughs> yes. he would do. Um, but you know it's incredible, Sean. Uh, the <laughs> Memphis law firm went uh, Morgan and Morgan. Uh, I think debuted a commercial starring Chandler Parsons <laughs> as part of his retirement. Uh, <laughs> Look, he's uh, a hustler. So for those of you that don't know, Chandler Parsons was in a scary car crash at one point that ended his career. Um I mean he yes, but yeah. <laughs> um and he hired uh Memphis law firm Morgan and Morgan and as part of his retirement, I guess, uh they announced um, his official retiring, they uh, debuted uh, this commercial, Sean. I was driving home from practice, about to be a free agent, hopefully signing another multi-year deal in the NBA. And I remember seeing this car coming right towards me and a huge, loud noise. I knew with my injuries that I wasn't going to be able to play. Instead, I'm in the hospital looking at all these permanent injuries that I suffered. Having my career cut short by a drunk driver was the worst part of my life. And I never thought I'd retire at 31 years old. I knew if there was you know, one firm to get me justice and to get me compensated for that, it was going to be more than work. It's crazy because basketball was always there for me. When something like this happened, they weren't. And Morgan Morgan was. Morgan and Morgan has definitely really helped me in the toughest, darkest moments of my life. Those guys were there for me, and I'll never forget that. And Morgan and Morgan are unbelievable what they do. They're sharp, they're smart, they're professional. They'll do what's right for you. I'm Chandler Parsons, and I chose Morgan and Morgan. So, um, I mean, obviously it's sad he got hit. It's, it is he sad. He got hurt in a um, hit and run. But the reason I wanted to point out this commercial, Sean, is he says... <laughs> Basketball was always there for me Mm -hmm. until this happened and only Morgan and Morgan was there for me. And what I'd like to say is, fuck you, Mark Cuban. This was like your best friend. Mm -hmm. You abandoned Chandler Parsons in his time of need? Will you you play the beginning of that commercial again? Just, Just the very beginning. Yep. I was driving home from practice about to be a free agent hopefully signing another multi-year deal in the nba okay okay so cut it right there cut it right there 
Chandler Parsons had played five games that season, mm-hmm. 54 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was coming off seasons of 25 games, 36 games, and 34 games mm-hmm. before that. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand if you were Chandler Parsons, you would just think that these multi-year contracts were just going to keep coming mm-hmm. when you could uh, trick someone in a... Uh, like trick somebody out of something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But when you've just been traded straight up for the lesser Plumley, mm-hmm. you're not. Look, all respect to Morgan and Morgan and the good work that they do. Uh, no, no, people. no respect to Morgan and Morgan. We're sweet James. We're a sweet James. Uh, well, uh, I, I don't know, sweet James. Does he represent people out of state? <laughs> I am I mean... a sweet James, man. Don't get me wrong. He's the best. Morgan and Morgan is apparently America's largest injury law firm. Oh, well, fuck them. They're available in 49 states plus Washington, D.C. Yeah, that is that is way too many states. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> what state do you think they're not available in? Vermont. Burning's keeping yeah. them out individually. <laughs> Maybe they're just not in Hawaii. They're like, eh, not enough cars. Um... Anyway, oh, no, you know what it is? They were in Hawaii, but actually ensuring the cast of Lost was <laughs> prohibitively expensive. Um, anyway, uh, big ups to Chandler Parsons, I guess. Uh, um, I'm, I'm glad you are now doing like weird ads for law firms. Um, it's weird that he money retired just now. falls from the sky on that guy. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, he's excited for the next chapter of his life. Joey, what do you think this next chapter is going to involve? Uh, it's, I mean, it's going to, he's going to be the head of, well, no, it's obvious what his, he's going to be an Instagram influencer, right? Oh, I I was going to say yes, but also (laughs) cryptocurrency. Yeah, yeah. It's like mid-level marketing, uh, Instagram, crypto. That's like very obviously where he's going. Uh Uh-huh. Um... All right, and he's Sean. about to get he's about to get married too. Also, he's bald now. Well, not in this commercial. He's not. Oh, um, maybe maybe he just shaved it he, for no, something he's else. Blo- he's he's got dyed blonde tips in this commercial, Sean. Uh, I mean, look, he's making great <laughs> hair decisions no matter what. He's always making Chandler Parsons is always making great hair decisions. Um, Sean, uh, you know it's that time. What's up, Lakers fans? Coach Frank Vogel here. Uh, that's right. Frank Vogel's in the news. Sean, what's mm-hmm. going on? <laughs> Is he gonna get fired? We're all, it's time for Vogel Watch. Vogel Watch. Okay. Wait, hold on. We said it again. Oh. It's time for Vogel Watch. What's up, Lakers fans? Coach Frank Vogel here. <laughs> all right. So, so the big news is that um, it's funny because Frank Vogel um, he was basically forced. Uh, after so the the Lakers uh, beat the Utah Jazz on Monday night, mm-hmm. which apparently was a must win game for Frank Vogel, mm-hmm. uh, and he said we put a work What's in up, every Lakers day. Fans? Coach Frank Vogel here. <laughs> Sorry, you said his name again. Yeah, it just right. plays it automatically. Yeah, I have you're no right. The robot. Over it. <laughs> um, and that man said that uh, he just needed to be better. And when you work at something, you're going to improve. And the LA Times said that statement was made to the media, but it might as well have been aimed at Lakers executives, Rob Palinka, Kurt and Limbo Rambis, mm-hmm. and ultimately Jeannie Buss. They're the ones with Vogel's fate in their hands. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, you know, this was all. This all feels like it was sort of started by Magic. Uh, what did he say? Because he actually tweeted. Um, hold on, I gotta scroll through a billion tweets where he's just like, "I'm eating lunch." Or whatever. Good uh, job to my sponsors. <laughs> four days ago, he tweeted, After being blown out by the Nuggets, 133-96, to 96, we as at Lakers fans can accept being outplayed, but we deserve more than a lack of effort and no sense of urgency. Owner at Genie Bus, you deserve better. Which for Magic, that's like a full, that's like a... That's like basically a full-on uh, declaration of war against uh, the front office and F- Coach Frank Vogel, right? I mean, you've got to say that that Magic he he can still uh, you can say that Magic Johnson he can still tamper on behalf of the Lakers, mm-hmm. even though he's not officially the GM, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's um, like I got to tell you, Sean, the Lakers mm-hmm. played tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, I just opened my Twitter, and there are five. Lakers Twitter space is going on right now. Can I read you some titles? Yeah, please. <laughs> Late night lake show. Why? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, Lakers suck and Frank Vogel is not the problem. That's another one. Oh, man. <laughs> State of the Lakers. Pacers slash Lakers post game. <laughs> Look. If you ever want to have a good time, just open Twitter after the Lakers lose and look at the spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, Sean, good news for Frank Vogel. Um, What's up, Lakers fans? Coach Frank mm-hmm. Vogel. Um, Kurt Rambis is starting to meddle. He has decided that um, he's pushing for Vogel to play more big lineups mm-hmm. uh, with DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard. Uh, you know, those lineups that they were really getting beat hard a lot before LeBron James started playing center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, putting LeBron at center has ignited the Lakers' offense. They Their third their offense is third in the NBA in points per possessions in the last three of their games. But uh, their defense is 24th, and they played great against the Jazz. But tonight, they didn't play well, and LeBron... Uh, skipped a post-game interview, and then he apologized to Lakers fans on Twitter, mm-hmm. and he said he was not directed that at anyone in particular, because you know when LeBron James makes a statement on social media, it's just off the cuff, not a lot of calculation that goes no, into no, it, no. just him, no just him talking, all. having fun, <laughs> just a natural, cool guy. Yeah, definitely, when I think of LeBron James, I think of, like, just shooting from the hip, you know? Yeah. Well, he said he said he said that he's got this and it's not gonna happen again. So I guess the Lakers <laughs> are gonna be fine, Joey. It's not oh wait, wait, oh it I think it happened again. Uh-huh, it did, yeah. <laughs> it did happen again. Yeah, I you uh, know how I know? I looked at my spaces. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time I open spaces, I have the same reaction, Joey. Whoops, what did I just... What is this? Stop it. Why is this making noise? Um, Uh, Frank Vogel also benched Russell Westbrook for the end of the game tonight. mm -hmm. Which is... uh, Not going to make Russ's brother happy. (laughs) One of of the great NBA brothers. Yeah, oh, absolutely. uh, I would say he's like... uh, I would say... Tyreek Evans' brother was like proto Russ's brother, right? Who's whose brother? 
Tyreek Evans' brother, oh, yeah. who once His yelled brother, at our friend Chris um, Garcia for saying that Ste- on Facebook for saying that Steph Curry should have won Rookie of the Year. Oh, that's right. Um, <laughs> was it Rajon Rondo's brother that was cutting hair in the bubble? Uh, that sounds right. Sure. It's a lot of a lot of great brothers. Um, All right, Sean. Oh yeah, yeah. One one more thing though. Um, I just want to mention that. It is amazing that Kurt Rambis has worked for the Lakers as long as he has. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and there's an amazing moment when he gets they they fire Dell Harris in the strike year, mm-hmm. and Rambis coaches the team, and then Jerry's Bus and West are just like, eh, we should probably hire Phil Jackson, and Kurt Rambis is really hurt, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, his wife's really mad, and they were both really good friends with Jerry West and his wife within a year. Phil Jackson is dating is dating Genie Bus. Mm-hmm. Rambus is on his staff, and Jerry West is gone. Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson is look, it's a weird guy, but he is he is a genius in many areas, <laughs> and uh, thoroughly defeating Jerry West uh, was one of those. And that, that was like he dated Genie, and is like, yeah, I'll I'll your your best friend's husband can be on my staff. And Rambus was so mad. And in the book, Jerry West is like, well, no one else offered him a head coaching job for 10 years. So so he's trying to ace out Fizdale, is what we're saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I don't I don't think they're going to make Rambus the coach. I, nope. just, I just don't think they're going <laughs> to. I mean, it depends how much power Linda really has, right? Well, she is the shadow general manager. <laughs> we'll have to get... Uh, but like, Laker, but We'll have some... Look, we'll get a Lakers guest on this week to talk... Uh, to talk yeah. Lakers. Well, we'll wait till Vogel's fired tomorrow, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> check your Twitter spaces, everybody. Okay. Um, but Sean, look, I've put it off enough. We've made fun of the Lakers. We've made mm-hmm. fun of Russell Westbrook's brother. We've made fun of Chandler Parsons. We've made fun of uh, uh, attorneys. Uh, we're going to make fun of the Jazz. Um, but it's time, Sean, we turn the riff gun on ourselves. Ooh. <laughs> uh, because all of those were funny, terrible thi- uh, funny things, and yet one of the owners of the Golden State Warriors uh, is a real piece of shit. I don't know. Like, I mean, obviously he's a billionaire, but look, I've been no, avoiding He, he seems particularly <laughs> loathsome. Um. Like, look, when Joe Lacob releases a statement that's like, hey, we don't even like this guy, you're a bad billionaire. Uh, but I've purposefully been avoiding this story. Sean, please tell me how and why Warriors ownership don't care about the Uyghur people. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here's here's what was going on. Um, okay, so the Warriors, let me just give you a little background. Um, actually, I'll give you the background later. Um this guy's name is, uh, I'm probably going to, Chamath, and then his last name is Palihapitiya? Palihapitiya. Sure. Uh, he's Sri Lankan, Look, but he we're probably doing that Ch- wrong, and we apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, not I'm, to him, but to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he is... Um, Oh, you know what? I I actually misread this. I forgot he. I didn't realize he was talking to his own co-host here. Mm-hmm. I yep. I my initial take on this was not correct. 
So anyway, me, we have anyway, the take um, or okay, what so he, happened. He yet, was talking so. about. Let me just give you the. He's talking to his co-host. Uh, this on is an all-in podcast. Why? Uh, first off, first question, Sean. Yeah. If you're a fucking billionaire, why do you have a podcast? Why do you have a podcast with three other billionaires? Okay. Yeah. Well, here's. <laughs> let me just tell you. It's it's. Uh, they say it is. The podcast is in this industry veterans, degenerate gamblers, and besties. Uh, there's Chamath. <sighs> Jason Calacanis, and then the other two guys in this podcast uh, are named David Sachs and David Friedberg. I will go into their backgrounds a little bit later in this segment. Well, first but... we should explain this guy is a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, yeah. His yeah, he yeah. bought he he spent twenty five million dollars on their initial four hundred and fifty ish million dollar bid. So mm-hmm. he owns between like five and six percent of the team, which yeah. means uh, he owns. Basically, two hundred and fifty to two hundred and seventy-five million dollars worth of, you know, and like we don't really know the exact numbers, but that basically he owns a quarter of a billion dollars worth of the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if if you weren't annoyed enough by a uh, podcast with a bunch of poker fiend uh, venture capitalist dudes mm-hmm. shooting the shit. Uh, they also refer to each other as besties. Yeah, I was going to say, and they also talk about poker. Yeah, they talk about <laughs> all things economic, tech, political, social, and poker. So this episode, with the controversial comments, also ended with them analyzing the roast of Phil Helmuth at the end. Okay, great. Okay, yeah. so here's his quote. Well, you're getting Mike the Mouth Mattisau up there, huh? All right, keep going. I, I uh, So he's talking to, to Jason Calacanis, and he says, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You bring it up just because you care, and I think it's nice that you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Of all the things I care about, yes, it's below my line. Oh, my uh, he says, God. Every, yeah, every time I say I care about the Uyghurs, I'm really just lying if I don't really care, and so I'd rather not lie to you and tell you the truth. It's not a priority for me. And people didn't like that, and the Golden State Warriors said that he was... Uh, a minority investor who didn't have any role in the day-to-day operations of the team. He does not speak on behalf of our franchise and his views certainly don't reflect those of our organization. Mm-hmm. They did and not, they did not say, mention what he said. You know, you fucked up when the only thing I knew about this is I saw two tweets, Sean. Mm-hmm. I saw a tweet from a, a pod save man yelling at this guy. And then I also saw a tweet from Megan McCain yelling at this guy. Yeah. Megan McCain and one of the pod save. Yeah, like like both sides of the spectrum. I mean, granted, spectrum. they're basically uh, in the same political party, but, you know. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They have the same politics globally, but anyway, they so would he... never agree on anything online unless somebody really was a huge piece of shit. By the way, when we talk about the Uyghur genocide, we are not talking about Chandler Parsons, just to be clear. Um, okay, so... So I didn't realize that this was the same guy that was a Warriors owner because mm-hmm. you have heard of this guy before, Joe. I have. Well, you may not have realized it, but mm-hmm. um, he had two big viral moments last year. Okay. So one of his big things was you've seen this viral clip where he talks about how the government shouldn't be bailing out airlines. Okay. And P was on, I think he was on CNBC, and it went on the internet. People were like, yeah, this guy gets it. 
this guy gets it. And then he, um, at the same time, during the big GameStop run-up, when we were worried about the stonks. Excuse me, um, Sean, I think you mean it's the greatest redistribution of wealth in uh, American history. That's true. I, I will be buying the dip this week as long as my, once my Dogecoin isn't hundreds of dollars underwater anymore <laughs> i will be reinvesting these proceeds i think those i think those those put options are finally going to pay off um so he criticized robin hood for freezing trades during the run-up and uh he told people he tweeted he said facebook okay oh so let me give you his background okay first. yeah yeah who is this guy uh he started out he's he's sri lankan um, his dad was a political refugee. Uh, they went to Canada. He's actually from Waterloo, uh, mm. one of our favorite Canada. Wow. Uh, we have he's... a few listeners who might want to disown this guy for yes. us from um, the Kitchener-Waterloo area. If yeah. you're listening. <laughs> Cancel him. Um, he um, he worked at Winamp, and then he worked at AOL where he ran AOL Instant Messenger for like a year and then he's a very very early facebook executive and reportedly he made his subordinates cry regularly because he was such a bully and then in 2011 he started his own mutual fund hell yeah dude warrior's ownership is so fucking cool first we got joe lakeup right mm-hmm. joe lakeup whose boat is named john galt <laughs> wait wait Wait, his boat is named John Galt? Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, and then his dogs are named after characters from I, uh, Atlas Shrugged? Yeah, his dog. What are Joe Lacob's dogs' name? It's like Atlas and something else. Um, Hold on. <laughs> Joe Lacob dog. Atlas names. and Shrug. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, that book is just unreadable. I tried once. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like if the Da Vinci Code feels like Ulysses to you. Uh, try Atlas Shrugged. That might be more <laughs> your speed. Um, uh, he's a big investor in Palantir, the mm-hmm. the Peter Thiel deportation tech company. I believe that's the main thing they do. Mm-hmm. Is um, these are all Peter Thiel guys, by the way. Um, they're good buddies, so I assume that he is also friends with Hulk Hogan, right? Those guys are also besties. I think Hulk Hogan is going to do the pod probably and talk about talk about uh, um. That kind of stuff. Oh my god, this Ramona Shelburne tweet I just found. Just looking, trying to look this up. Oh my huh. god, sorry. Um, here, let me read you this tweet. This is uh, from 6918. Ramona Shelburne tweeted, The NBA Board of Governors meeting right after the Warriors got Kevin Durant was not a fun one for Golden State owner, Warrior, uh, owner Joe Lacob, but the man who named his dogs after Ayn Rand characters is not looking for sympathy. <laughs> Great, great. Um, uh, so those are some of the things he is interested in financially. Um, but okay, so he at one point, okay, this is during the the GameStop thing. So a bunch of places had shorted the company GameStop, and uh, there was a large opportunity to be made if you when these options weren't going to be called. Yeah, it however, was the greatest redistribution of wealth in uh human history sean yes and uh oh his, like... so his dogs are named john galt and howard roark oh, that's, that's obnoxious <laughs> don't give your dog a first and last name like that not like that you can have your dog can have many names just anyway um 
So during during the GameStop thing, he criticized. So Robin Hood, the the people's um, brokerage, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> robbing the the smaller mutual funds and giving to the richer mutual. I don't know what they do. Um, so he said Facebook and Robinhood app are the same. He is a Facebook executive, uh, former Facebook executive. They both trick you into thinking you're the customer, but in fact you are the product and your data is the asset. Those assets are now sold to their true customers who pay them money and always at your expense. Stop being tricked. Great. And then he tried to get people to uh, trade with his own company, SoFi, mm-hmm. which did uh, the exact same Oh, thing. from the stadium? <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Yes, uh, great. Uh, so he bought and sold some of those meme stocks uh, at a good profit because uh, mm-hmm. obviously he has inside information about those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, Joey, he donated these proceeds, which were in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Guess where he donated them last year? Uh, is was it to the recall Chesaboudin? Uh... <laughs> no, no, it was it was okay. it was a it was not a political campaign, but it was kind of a. Well, he he gave it to the Barstool Fund. No. Yes. No. He donated like 500K to the Barstool Fund. No. Oh, my God. Sean, do I need to pick a new team? You Well, he doesn't own that much of the team, but yeah, this is this guy seems pretty bad. Um, Okay, so uh, he basically had to shut down the public nature of his fund. Um because he was just hanging out with his girlfriend in Italy and he didn't answer emails or go to the office. So they had to return their investor uh, capital and turn it into a family office. He is his girlfriend, uh, the mother of his child, is an Italian pharmaceutical heiress mm-hmm. and a model. Her most recent tweet is from about a year ago, and it's a picture of them together. And it says, our expressions when we read Shamath's funny tweets. And he's laughing. And he looks horrifying in this photo. It's an unflattering photo that his girlfriend posted. And she looks uh, confused and disappointed. Okay, Joey, he has a new smaller fund. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to – one of the things it focuses on is climate science. It also does life science, biotech, and one other thing. What do you think that other thing is? Space travel. No, although he, did, one of these other guys is a big SpaceX investor. Oh, great! Um, uh, uh, blockchain. Yeah, it's cryptocurrency. Yeah, You're right, of course. <laughs> so, um, the big okay. So the big thing he does. I don't want to get in, into the weeds too much on this because this is still sort of a basketball podcast a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But he has these things that are called uh, SPACs, which uh-huh. are. I don't well, know. That's Tillman Fertitta uses those, right? Yeah, yeah. They are they are called blank check companies. Mm-hmm. And the way it works is that instead of doing an IPO, you just open this SPAC and uh people can buy in, but you don't necessarily have to say what it's for. There okay. is a time period where you need to use the money for an acquisition or a merger. But essentially you just use it to raise cash initially. And you just don't have to do a lot of the disclosure things that you had to do before. Cool, cool, cool. I guess cool. this used to be an incredibly corrupt tool in the 80s and is now only mildly corrupt. No, this uh, sounds pretty corrupt. Yeah. Um, and uh, the quote I saw says, Academic analysis shows that the investor returns on SPACs post-merger are almost uniformly heavily negative. Basically, this is all for investing in bubbles. And if you get in early, it's great. But uh, – much like this one controversial company is uh, 
Well, also he's taking like a brokerage fee basically on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has a he has a company called Clover Health, um, mm-hmm. which he he formed a blank check company for, and like the people who got in early were fine, and then the price went up when new investors came in, and then it came out that um, the CEO of this company had an old healthcare company where they'd been uh, like price gouging customers by triple billing them on these hospitals in New Jersey. And they like siphoned off $150 million and they caused a fake crisis where they're like, oh, these hospitals are going to close. And now they're selling the hospitals. This is almost exactly what the Sixers owners uh, company did uh, in Philadelphia two mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and so now this stock is just in the toilet. Right now it is uh it's trading at like two dollars. I think the initial SPAC price was like in the twenties. Mm-hmm. Um Sean, and since can this... you can I open a SPAC to get someone to give me money to buy a, a PS5? Yeah, yeah. I mean I feel okay. like that's perfectly legal. If you just <laughs> okay, listen great. to all sixty-three episodes of the all in podcast <laughs> and if you don't put a gun in your mouth. Uh, you'll learn how to do that. Uh, he donated to Ted Cruz. He's supposedly a Democratic what? donor, but he donated to Ted Cruz. And last year he was pushing for a Bloomberg Klobuchar ticket. Excuse me? He wanted a Bloomberg <laughs> Klobuchar ticket. And oh, then so this guy just it. wants to get stepped on. Yeah, he wants, he wants someone to yeah. throw. Like sexually. This he guy wants an wants Italian to like, heiress to He wants to be him. Giorgio the human carpet, that old guy who used to <laughs> walk around Brooklyn. <laughs> Can we get Giorgio on the show? I think, think we probably could. Yeah, we could probably do that. <laughs> right. um, just very Fred, quickly. Fred, if you're listening, can you get Giorgio on this show? Fred will know who I'm talking about. All right. Uh, <laughs> Fred, Fred, just ask him. It's not a big deal. Uh, okay, so just just very quickly, the other all-in guys, Jason Calacanis is, uh, he invented fat blogging, which what is, is that? blog about, what's that? What is fat blogging? When you uh, document your weight loss on a weblog. Oh, okay. All right, all right. He That's owned Weblogs cool. Inc. refounded it, which is funded by Mark Cuban. Great. He had a search engine called Mahalo. Of course Mahalo. he's involved. <laughs> yeah. Mark Cuban's involved in that, too. <laughs> Wait, um, it was called Mahalo? Mahalo. <laughs> like Hawaii? Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of one of Mark Cuban's many search engine investments that weren't Google. So it was um, like Tommy Bahama Jeeves. <laughs> oh, I'm, I I bet Mark Cuban suggested that name. <laughs> yeah, no, it is like SG. It's like Island SG. Yeah, it's and they're like, hey, Howley, <laughs> this web result's not safe for work. It, no, they're like, they're like, uh. <laughs> When it doesn't it doesn't search as fast as Google, but hey, it's on island time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, Mahalo is almost Aloha. It's Aloha with one more letter. And if you invested in that company, you said hello and goodbye to your money. <laughs> um, he also invested in Uber with a really cool CEO. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're yeah. very excited for the Joseph Gordon-Levitt show um, by the Billions creator. Uh, and also, he, uh, he I think he really cashed in on Calm recently. I don't know what that is. Don't want to um, know. All right, keep going. <laughs> David Sachs is a South African guy who was the COO of PayPal. Wait, so there's a, a second uh, Emerald Mine Money guy for, involved <laughs> in PayPal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. Uh, he produced the movie Thank You for Smoking. That's Great. a weird detail. Uh-huh. And in college, he and Peter Thiel wrote a book together. Great. 
it's sure called. It's very cool. It's First called off, the, yeah. the, these motherfuckers pay people not to go to college, and they're in college writing books together. Yeah. Get fucked. <laughs> uh, he wrote this book was called the Diversity Myth: mm-hmm. Multiculturalism oh, in quotes and the politics of intolerance yeah, at yeah, Stanford. Yeah. Both of them say, like, real bad shit about rape in this book. Yes, he called yeah, date yeah, rape yeah. belated regret. Uh-huh, yeah, cool. And he apologized warning, uh, 21 years later. He apologized for that uh-huh. book. Uh, and then David Friedberg, uh, they call him the queen of quinoa because he's a vegetarian. That's cool. Uh, he's just a Google executive. He started, well, he was a Google executive. He had he started a business called the Climate Corporation. Mm-hmm. I thought it fought climate change. It actually just sells climate change insurance, and it was Great. sold to Monsanto. And right now he is a very large investor in Soylent. And so these cool guys all have a podcast. And they all have blood boys. Come on. Well, yeah, yeah, but they have a pod. This is a podcast starring these four people. These four guys, me. and they're on video. You get to look and- at their fucking faces. <laughs> and... I also sent all four of these guys requests on LinkedIn today, <laughs> so I'll let you know how it goes. So anyway, um, I don't feel like this is really an issue about the NBA not caring about genocide as much as the NBA being full of gigantic assholes. That is who is the boss of essentially every team is just enormous enormous assholes who are really, really rich and still trying to steal hundreds of millions of dollars despite being billionaires. But let's be honest here. This is a very specific flavor of Warriors asshole. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, that's why he's in the investment group. Yeah, like this is this has got to stop, guys. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least Peter Goober uh, ripped off Sony by making shitty movies. (laughs) Yeah, he, look, he look, he made the first Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, that, and like, he also made like uh, fucking um, what's the Bruce Willis Jewel Thief movie? Oh, he he made a uh, oh uh, God damn it, Hudson Hawk. Yeah, he also made Hudson Hawk you and could Bonfire be of the on a star. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying that's one thing that someone that was like an actual thing. <laughs> All these guys are like, yeah, we just invested in an app and then that app got sold and then someone else was left holding the bag. <laughs> anyway, uh, the Warriors got in trouble too for not mentioning the genocide specifically in their statement, which is correct. We should be mad at them for that, for sure. Yeah, um, I just I just feel like the whole thing is I know it's an issue, but it is also like when the response is that Megan McCain, Pod Save America, and then Ennis Cantor goes on Tucker Carlson. Yeah, that's I feel like thing. I'm getting Ennis tricked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, what I will say is the one thing I, the one thing. Look, Megan McCain's tweet said. Uh-huh. How could you release this podcast on Martin Luther King Day? (laughs) (laughs) And I got to say, she's got a point. And also, I think it's time, Sean, Mm -hmm. to play the the Bob Myers uh, remix of the uh, David Guetta tribute to George Floyd. Yes, uh, To try and, as Warriors fans, maybe this will heal. The world is going through difficult times. And America too, actually. So last night, 
I knew we were gonna do this and I made a special record. So this record is in honor of George Floyd. And I really hope we can see more unity and more peace when already things are so difficult. So, shout out to his family. Uh, I hope sports can heal. One of my favorite parts of sports is it's, it's color blind. Sports can heal. Is it's, it's color blind. That's right. Thank you, uh, Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers for. And I, I would like to say, sports on, can heal, and it's colorblind. On on behalf of our podcast, I would like to say uh, shout out to the Uyghurs and their families. Yeah. <laughs> also, on behalf, we've talked about Joe Lacob enough. We might as well also play this. Hey, one second here. Come on, people. You fans are the greatest fans in the world. As everybody said that, show a little bit of class. This is crazy. Seriously. Come on, you're doing yourself a disservice. All of the wonderful accolades being said to you for you to treat this man who is spending his money to do the best that he can to turn this franchise around. And I know he's going to do it. So give him the respect he deserves. Sean, the reason I played that is for our listeners who don't know, we haven't played it in a while. That's uh, Rick Barry. Well, we kind of played it like five times last episode, though. Kind of. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. You're right. That was two episodes ago. <laughs> okay, two <laughs> But that's uh, Rick Barry screaming at the Golden State Warriors fans for booing Joe Lacob. Mm-hmm. And my question for you, Sean. Yeah. Is uh, who would you rather? Which of Joe Lacob's friends would you rather eat dinner with, Rick Barry or Chamath? Uh Rick, because I because I met him before, and <laughs> wow, like, like I want to I want to watch him eat. <laughs> um. All right, it's time to get our jazz friends in here. Um, yeah. Can I can I ask you one trivia question yeah, yeah. before we introduce these jazz people? Of course, our Joe, jazz bows. Who is the Utah Jazz career leader in offensive rating? Shit. Uh, is it, well... Rudy when, Gobert is second. When did offensive rating start as a stat? They can, they can determine it from... Uh, they can determine it from... There, there's, there's, like... There are dudes from the 80s on this list. Is it Joe Johnson? Seven-time <laughs> It is not Joe future. Johnson. Hall, Hall of Famer. Um, it is a guy who mm-hmm. spent two years on the Utah Jazz from 2017 to 2019. Mm-hmm. You know him. You love him. Standing six foot ten out of Baylor University, it is Ekpe Udo. Huh? Wow. The career leader in the greatest offensive player <laughs> in Utah Jazz history. Well, that's incredible. Uh, here we are talking to Sarah and Greg uh, from the Unsalvageable podcast. Uh, please, jazz fans, we do respect you. We're here with uh, Sarah Todd and Greg Foster from the un- from Unsalvageable, a Utah jazz podcast, because Sean and I figured we've been mean to the jazz enough. It's time we got another voice in here. Uh 
Plus, it seems like we're with the if you listen to uh Twitter, it seems like we're about to get small market Kobe Shaq. Um, but I don't know. That's what we're here to ask about. Sean, uh, did you want to start us off with the jet? Well, first off, hello, Sarah. Hello, Greg. Hello. Hi. <laughs> it's lovely to be here. Thank you for being here. We are big fans of your Utah Jazz podcast. Again, unsalvageable. And Greg's leftist we- leftist Salt Lake City podcast, Brigham Young Money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have to say, I knew you had BY Money, and I didn't realize what it was. I had never clicked on the handle, and I've I've been enjoying that name for a few days now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, apparently Brigham Young Money was taken, so we had to do a little bit of improvising. <laughs> Which, like, if you have the Brigham Young Money uh instagram handle first of all fuck you second of all how much (laughs) (laughs) i will pay you in the bitcoin i don't have and sarah you're not wait wait oh go ahead ahead. sorry no you're not related to that greg oh fuck off (laughs) (laughs) i've told this story a million times um i actually played aau basketball in high school with thorough bailey jr and chris morris jr Oh, wow. Yeah. And Thurl Bailey was our coach. So it was just automatically assumed. And like <laughs> complexion wise and like there's enough of like a similarity there that you could draw uh-huh. that conclusion. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just assumed that I was Greg Foster Jr. <laughs> and I would like to say on this podcast, I'm still a better fucking rebounder. Um, <laughs> uh, it- I would like to I would like to share my favorite uh, broadcasting related memory about the Utah jazz is that uh, in the 97 finals, there was a point when um, uh, uh, what's is it? Chris Morris got substituted into the game and Bill Walton doing the comment commentary just started going, what are they doing? You know, Greg, <laughs> Chris Morris is a terrible player. And then the camera shows and he realized Walton's right behind him. He's at the scorer's table. Like Walton is just yelling into the microphone, but also Chris Morris's ears. But at the same time, like, what are you going to say to Bill Walton? Like one of the 25 <laughs> greatest players of all time. Uh, uh, Pat, quit bogarting the joint, bro. That's what you're going to say to <laughs> Bill Walton. I uh, just like one thing that I really respect nowadays is how much Bill Walton and Mike Lindell sound alike. <laughs> Like, I just imagine, uh, like, Bill Walton on a call of, like, a Pac-12 game just saying, wow, <laughs> at every every single jump shot that's made. I will say, I think Bill Walton believes in much weirder conspiracies than JFK Jr. being alive, you know? Like, don't you think, don't you think Bill Walton probably uh, believes, He's- like... He's one of the sweetest people I've ever oh, of met course. in my life. Oh, yeah. I just I think random, he... he was randomly in town uh, calling a University of Utah basketball game. Mm-hmm. And I saw mm-hmm. him downtown at the mall. And was like the sweetest person. Like doesn't know yeah. me from Adam. And like mm-hmm. takes the time. And like we chatted for like five minutes. And just like has such this like palpable joy of, about him. Oh, absolutely. He's the best. I just, I just want to hug him. Yeah. Like constantly. I just think if I had to guess, if somebody told me that there was one NBA adjacent person that was friends with Art Bell from Coast to Coast, my guess would be Bill. <laughs> 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 uh, 
okay. Sarah, Sarah Todd yeah. is here, and she is, of course, she covers the Utah Jazz for the Desiree News. I believe it's Desiree, right? I have oh, a history. That is the Utah pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a history. People always get mad at me for... Uh, I mispronounce local newspapers kind of a lot. Like Portland people, <laughs> I once said Willamette Weekly for the Portland Weekly, and they are mad at me still. It's also it's also uh, Willamette Week, Joey. Whatever. It's not weekly. It's Whatever. Just me. I wish that it was the Desiree News. <laughs> yeah, that would make it so just much like cooler. Every 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 issue is like you still got to be. You know what I mean. <laughs> Desiree, she sounds sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Who is she? Yeah, I don't know. Desiree, Desiree, spill the tea. What's going on with the city council? Sounds like, like every Mormon girl I went to high school with. <laughs> She's like Carmen San Diego. Where is she? Who is she? <laughs> Sarah, are you originally from Utah? No. Okay. Uh, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> there was such contempt in her voice. <laughs> um, I am from California. Oh, okay. Well, so yeah, are that... we. Um, yeah. The best place to be from? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're from here. Sorry, yeah, I'm Greg, also from that great did. place. <laughs> well, I'm from Provo. <laughs> uh, also, also very good. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> we don't... We can be honest on this podcast. <laughs> Provo <laughs> fucking sucks. Yeah, sounds like somebody is anti-vo, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> anti-vo. Um, all right, Better Sean. anti-vo than anti-vax, which is yeah. weird. Um, which... Okay, so the reason we ha- we needed to talk jazz specifically this week is that they're, they're according to the internet, a feud is a brewing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct me if I get this wrong, but Rudy Gobert made some comments that sounded like he was knocking Donovan Mitchell's defense. And I will, I will deliver these quotes in a pitch perfect uh, version of Rudy Gobert's voice. So hold on. Are you going to be doing a French accent right now? I'm going to sound exactly like Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a spot on spot on voice. When I watch some of these other teams, like the Sons of the Warriors, those guys are a step ahead of us in terms of winning habits. They take every game personally. Devin Booker is playing his ass off defensively. I've been watching him compared to two years ago. Guys like that, uh, they buy in, and you can tell they take pride in playing defense and stopping the man, doing whatever they can defensively to stop the other team and be part of a winning culture. I just think we are not there yet, but uh, I think we are going to get there. Mm-hmm. Sacre blue. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first of all, great. Okay. Beautiful. Just uh-huh. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um. Second of all, uh, outside of like the jazz getting there, I don't really have any beef with what he said because it's right. The jazz perimeter defense is dog shit mm-hmm. and has been. Yep. It has been for like five, six years, like even like pre Gordon Hayward or like during the Gordon Hayward era, it was dog shit. I mean, they mm-hmm. are a team that once tried having uh my man Ricky Rubio just try walking behind a guy because they thought that would be better defense than what they were currently playing. Yeah, I really loved yeah, yeah. that. That was one of the, that so, was that, so good. That was really fun to watch. It definitely very didn't fun. have a giant forehead vein bulging the entire series. 
Definitely didn't look like the principal from Daria. He'll definitely miss these shots if he hears me tiptoeing behind him, like I'm <laughs> like I'm holding a candle in a like a cartoon character getting out of bed at night. Maybe he'll at trip point, on my like, nightshirt. <laughs> yeah. You can't have Ricky Rubio behind you. He has to at least be in front of you so you can look him in the eyes and fall in love. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got to be tough. <laughs> You can't witness the handsome if he's behind you. <laughs> the uh, the quote from Rudy, I guess I'll just say some stuff about Rudy Gobert first. So yeah. Rudy Gobert is maybe the most self-aware basketball player I've ever covered. Mm-hmm. And there are plenty of people who have covered basketball longer than me, but I've been in it for a decade covering the NBA. And Flex. <laughs> and uh, listen, humble brag, there's been a lot of players that I've covered, okay? <laughs> <laughs> he's the most self-reflective. He's the most self-aware. He's incredibly unique as a person. And I think because of how unique he is, it's like a lot of people will ask, you know, are there clicks? within the jazz locker room that one that like players fall into mm-hmm. and the answer is like well no if you consider rudy gobert his own click and everyone else their own click mm-hmm. yeah Be- <laughs> because like i just think that rudy gobert is like not the type of person that would be like in a like large group of friends that included a bunch of nba play he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like he has all his own friends and family and people that he's around and people that he likes to be around. And that's not to say he doesn't like to be around the team, but like there aren't a ton of NBA players that like want to discuss the healing power of crystals with him. I don't think. (laughs) And so listen, it's really hard to talk about an entire episode of Joe Rogan. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, he's like a really, he's a weird dude. And so that being said, the reason that I think maybe that was sort of a targeted knock at Donovan, but also just targeted in general at the Jazz's perimeter defense, it was clearly mm-hmm. targeted toward the Jazz's perimeter defense players. But the Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell comparisons mm-hmm. have come up since both of them have been in the league at the mm-hmm. same time. And so bringing up his name is obviously going to stir some feathers, I think. And because Rudy Gobert is such a self-aware and reflective person, I don't think that he flippantly says things. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, though, like Donovan has been saying that he has needed to be a better defender for five years now. Mm-hmm. And like, maybe what better way to say like, hey, man, you said you were going to get better at defense than to be like, Hey, this other guy is getting better at defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, well, the and also we know it wasn't targeted at Joe Ingles or Boyan Bogdanovich because he didn't mention how his, all his teammates had the bodies of uncles. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. that would have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's how we yeah. would have known it was at them. <laughs> you know, like In, you uh, could have, you could have yeah. done an actual like uncle drew documentary <laughs> with Joe Ingles. <laughs> <laughs> like if you just put on the, some like like Johnny Knoxville like jackass like mm-hmm. uh, prosthetics uh-huh. and just like had him go around like just different pickup games throughout mm-hmm. the summer and just wreck shit that would have been 
even better than Kyrie. See, I uh-huh. think the way I would do that, though, is I would actually do it more in a punked style and just have them both wearing jean shorts at a water park and see if anyone <laughs> recognized them. If they were just <laughs> like, like, yeah, that's like just John some Stockton dude's uncle. at the, at the 92 <laughs> yeah. Olympics. Yeah, so before this season yeah. started, I asked a bunch of uh, the guys on the team, like, we know that Joe Ingles doesn't look like a basketball player, so you tell me what he looks like. And <laughs> the answers were like... Um, substitute math teacher uh, um like the lower tier air hr guy at your company <laughs> i think he looks like the australian kicker from the replacements he does. oh yeah, yeah he yeah, really yeah. does man uh you know i think this could be an effective way for them to improve his defense because in minnesota what they would do is the owner would just uh, make Donovan Mitchell look him in the eyes and, and promise, promise to get him. better yeah, at defense. Yeah. And then he'd give him a five-year maximum extension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, he's okay, already so, got the five-year max. So where do we go now? Okay, so I get my follow-up to this with the clicks is, do Donovan and Rudy not like each other? Or is it just that they don't really have, like Rudy's just not friends with people on the team? I think that it's a, a little bit of both. I think that I don't think that Donovan and Rudy necessarily like each other, but it's not like a situation. It is not anywhere near a situation like, like Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. It's, well, that's it's, good. That's, yeah. that's positive. <laughs> <laughs> that's the bar that you're setting at the bottom. But at the, at the same time, like how many of us like all of our coworkers? Right. Like, yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah. Nobody needs them to like be sending. I mean, I like Sean. To each other. He's my coworker. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like Greg. <laughs> no, you don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you don't need them to be sending Valentines to each other. Like, you don't need them to be like posting stories on Instagram to each other. You just need them to value what each other does on the basketball court, and they do for each other. And so, mm-hmm. like, as far as a feud goes, I. I would not call it a feud at all. Uh, oh, it's a cold war. after you would re- re- call it a cold war, though, right? <laughs> well, it's a proxy war because yeah, Devin yeah. Booker's. <laughs> Wait, who's, who's the communist in this? <laughs> <laughs> Greg, duh. Yeah. It is me, all of basketball. <laughs> Number one for team. Um, I guess. I guess I have a um. You don't really need these stars. You don't think either one would want the other traded, at least not yet, right? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah, that's, Frank, that's, you're that's the, the thing that actually matters. <laughs> Do I think so? Yeah. I mean, I'm not nearly as as close to the team, but no. And I think, you know, for the most part, I think that Donovan and Rudy really complement each other. Mm-hmm. Like, Donovan, I know, like... People like to point the finger and laugh at things like screen assists and all that goofy shit. Yeah, yeah, we're those there. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, as you yeah, should. Yeah, yeah. That's a goofy <laughs> ass thing. But like the jazz, and first of all, like I do not think that Donovan Mitchell would be as good or as effective of a player not playing with someone like Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Like Donovan Mitchell is an incredibly dynamic scorer. He's one of the best athletes in the league. He's electrifying. Like. Uh, but a lot of what he does is predicated on what Gobert does. Mm-hmm. He gets those open lanes to the basket and is able to ISO because you have the guy who leads the league in dunks 
mm-hmm. right next to you setting right. screens. Like you can't just leave him alone. And when you've got a guy who can ISO like Donovan, you know, it allows, it allows for kind of that like symbiotic relationship. And same thing with, uh, with Donovan, like if he gets double team, well then Rudy roll to the hoop, you've got yourself a dunk. So like, I think they really complement each other and like whatever bullshit thing they have, like, going on off the court i don't see it as like big enough to be you know unsalvageable oh wow wow what a plug (laughs) love that love that plug greg um all right i want to talk about quinn snyder a little bit uh Mm -hmm. we're fascinated by him we we love his energy Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you I, love that slick back hair, mm-hmm. chewing his gum ferociously. Uh huh. Bond villain energy. Uh, I see, love his I stories always... when he was the uh, the coach of Missouri. Those stories are great. Yeah, well, they're they're <laughs> incredible. Like like he somehow was basically had guaranteed he was already on probation before he got to the campus. I think <laughs> it was kind of incredible. Anytime um, you can hire. Uh, your coach to look exactly like the guy who killed Patrick Swayze in Ghost, you've got to do it. You've just got to do it. (laughs) Oh my god. First of all, the fact that you found a movie reference that I understand is (laughs) really impressive. And secondly, like that that is the best comparison I've ever heard for Quinn Snyder, and wow. Just wow. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, he's he's definitely a really good coach, but there is that, like, sometimes when a lead is slipping away in the playoffs, it does kind of look like he needs someone to help him get rid of a body. Yeah. That or he's like, like oh, I, don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> we were doing all these partying. Why do I want to dare him to do that? And- Why do you think he lives so close to the Nevada desert? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, the salt flats are 45 minutes from salt. Yeah. Lake. Then and you never be found. No, right? of course not. <laughs> I, I mean, I so, so so I've heard. Yeah. So, okay. So going into this year, um, the jazz are doing well. I mean, they're, they're in third place, uh, or fourth place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forgot what happened. What happens when you Um, lose five of six? Yeah. yeah, That that'll happen. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which by the way, just to real quick, double back. Yeah, uh, Donovan and Jordan Clarkson came back the next day after Rudy had said the, those things about the defense and they were like a little bit pissed off. Mm-hmm. But like this is in the middle of like their first real losing streak in the last two years. And when guys lose for the first time in a while, they get mad. And like the way that they can air those frustrations is to reporters. And so like that's all I saw it as anything mm-hmm. more than that is just not real. Okay, that sounds good. Um, okay, I so actually what do you have a the... real quick question for Sarah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you think the Utah Jazz brought in Eric Pascal to try and kind of uh, just be Donovan's friend and make him less mad at Rudy all the time? Because they grew 100%. up together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. They're like best friends. They grew yeah, up yeah. It's not even like they grew up together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like besties. And here's what I think I think they saw Pascal and they were like, that's really cheap. And doesn't really cost us anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's better than some of the other like end of bench guys that we have. Plus, they already knew that Rudy Gay was going to be coming off of his foot surgery. Something that like we didn't know until the start of the season. But they knew mm. that. Okay. And so they were like, well, we could plug him in there. And he could cover for Rudy Gay until Rudy Gay is ready to play. But then also, it's Donovan's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. He's like he's like good enough if you need a forward. Yeah. Yeah. He's been really great for the Jazz and again, Donovan's literal best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so what do you think the expectations are for the Jazz this year? Like what's a uh, do they need to make the conference finals? Is that the the bar or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know I, what what's considered a success. Obviously they want to win the championship, but yeah. What's would, not a I disappointment, would, I guess. I would say obviously ceiling is winning a title, floor is Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not ridiculous is, for them to win the NBA title, I don't think at all. Uh, I don't think that's like a crazy thing to have happened. But I think they've got a puncher's chance. Yeah. A, a second round exit or less is absolutely a disappointment for this team. Yeah. Do you think that puts Quinn Snyder on the hot seat if that happens? I think it has to. Yeah. Because if you're talking about five years in a row making the playoffs under the same coach and you can't get past the second round when like every year the front office has said we've made these moves to get better, we've made these moves to get better, like someone is eventually going to have to pay for the fact that you're not getting better. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. and especially when you have two perennial all-stars on your team. Yeah, that aren't going anywhere anytime soon. No. Yeah. Yeah, under yeah. contract for large amounts of money and large amounts of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know that like Quinn Snyder would lose his job after this season if they were to have a second round exit. I mean, and the thing is, is like, it totally depends on wh- how that exit would happen. You know, like um, if it's a fully healthy jazz roster and they get swept in the second round, then Quinn Snyder really might be on the hot seat. Well, I know how he would lose his job if it did. He'd be invited to a random Chipotle, and then Danny Ainge would send him home. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you guys think that Danny Ainge uh, getting Gordon Hayward torpedoed his son's political chances in Utah? <laughs> that this is a theory Sean has had. This is a, a theory I have. Yeah. But, okay, uh, I need to hear. I need to hear the full. Uh, Tanner Ainge I was running for Congress and uh, during right before the primary yeah. uh, Danny Ainge stole Gordon Hayward yeah, stole. <laughs> and I, I just wonder if the signs were like you see what this guy's dad did come on uh, I mean, I mean for the, the record Tanner Ainge was a pretty just like run of the mill dog shit Republican Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't and think like, he's like didn't, didn't have any anything that like was exciting about. Oh, him. so he was no Evan McMullen, is what he, you're saying? No, I mean <laughs> that guy. When you're talking about swag, it's really hard to find a guy who looks like a thumb, um, who has CIA experience, and <laughs> thinks that. Uh, Torture camps are a quote gray area. <laughs> a moderate is what you're saying. I'm not the yeah, guy yeah, like everyone can get behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, except for the Utah moderate, just has like a good like two or three million in like MLM money campaign uh, donations. Now, okay. Oh, I have I have one other question. Um, is it possible when we're now that we're talking about covert ops? Um, is it possible that Dwayne Wade has been embedded in the Utah Jazz franchise as a sleeper agent for Pat Riley 
uh, designed to recruit Donovan Mitchell at don't some even, no, don't, unspecified don't time. Don't fucking go there. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wouldn't put it past Pat Riley. I mean, do you I mean, remember when Dwayne Wade... Somebody um, better than Jimmy Butler, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember before the decision, Dwayne Wade... Uh, went and made all these recruiting meetings even though he knew they were all going to join up just to like waste everyone's time <laughs> the bulls couldn't get somebody better they're like yeah they're getting boozer there's like two days of stories of like wait wait let me coming home <laughs> oh man oh i the thing is is like i wish the nba worked like that yeah i know I, that'd be so fucking <laughs> cool I, I i heard this great uh, this was the nfl but um there was some some retired tackle was uh, Mitchell Schwartz was talking about like how you made your decision and if team culture mattered and he's like uh, usually there's like two teams that want you and you go to the one that pays you more money because you have a fit <laughs> like like he's just like yeah if you're if you're you know free agent Peyton Manning yeah you could go anywhere most guys in all sports are like well like I know this guy. Yeah. yeah, I sat next to a guy uh, a few weeks ago on a flight and he a flight out of Salt Lake and he recognized me again, flex. Uh, <laughs> and he was like, he was like, oh, man, like, you know, Ryan Smith is the new owner of the Utah Jazz. That's going to be so great for free agents. And I was like, how? Don't give a fuck. Well, I ha- I actually had a question about Ryan Smith. I wanted to ask you guys. Okay, are you good. pumped? Are, are Utah Jazz fans pumped that their owner looks like he goes to the Righteous Gemstones mega church? Um, no, I think it fucking rules that Kelvin is our new owner. We got the God Squad. Like you know, like how the Lakers have like Hollywood Row. Uh-huh. Like we've just got the God Squad yeah. now. Uh-huh. We just got like, yeah, like like Kelvin's God Squad just doing push-ups and He's, like yeah, one like uh-huh. squad at time. The thing is, Greg, is that like you might have one outlook, but if we're speaking for the majority of jazz fans, they love they that fucking Ryan's. love they it. love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Because he looks like an Instagram influencer's husband. He is an Instagram yeah. influencer, but, but he's he looks like he looks like like his his hot Instagram yoga wife would like post a sh- like a like a post where it's like thank you for affliction for getting my husband all these new t shirts. <laughs> has, has he thought about a parade underwear sponsorship? Would he do that? <laughs> I think, you know, like pre uh, S&P acquisition, probably, mm-hmm. but we're talking about a billionaire now and like he probably would just buy the underwear company. Right, right. Yeah. And then and then hire a bunch of influencers. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got the God Squad. He's yeah, he he does. He certainly looks like he goes to Justin Bieber's church. All right. Um. <laughs> okay, so I wanted I wanted to ask you guys a, a few quick things before we'll let you guys get out of here. Um, take note. That was a slogan that the Jazz had in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think like two years ago for the T-shirts, and it seems like it is continuing as a slogan and a hashtag. And I understand. It's jazz. Notes are musical, but it mm-hmm. it kind of feels like the team's slogan is um, "Hello, excuse me," like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like take pencils out. Yeah, like yeah. 
it kind of seems like you're you're almost like ad take note is almost like hey it, i'm it over here a manager somehow yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, I, what are we taking note of like yeah i think well i mean i think like it's playoff it's less, jokes yeah, yeah i think that it's less like um hello and it's more like uh you better be listening wait, yeah. wait. you guys are listening right uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> hashtag you see that down. was a screen assist okay <laughs> you know what it is it's like it's it's a hundred percent like some senior copywriter blowing his load mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> he's like it's perfect. We got it exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I can fucking. I, I mean, my entire life savings on red right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is like, it's, it's so sad because my, my like post game instant analysis articles are like the high, low and flat notes of mm-hmm. the game. Mm-hmm. Cause it's, but like, right. yeah, I, yeah. I came up with that because I was like, what's the easiest way I could <laughs> name this? Like, I could just imagine them like pitching it in the meeting and it coming down to like take note or sex in the city. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and well, and then it was also yeah. under the Miller uh, regime when take note became a thing and they were like sex in the city, like sex, not in my house. Yes. No, yeah, of course, coming from the guy who banned uh Brokeback Mountain from his theaters. Very cool. Very cool guy. You get yeah. you got another sub intern who's still pushing, like he's like clarinets, the, the hoop has a net. Trumpet. Our fans like Trump. Trumpet, right? That yeah, matters. yeah. <laughs> you guys might want to pitch some stuff to the yeah, actually, we, we're actually gonna incorporate ourselves as a marketing firm. <laughs> um oh okay so so take note falls into a question that we have um are the jazz disrespected because it's it they seem like they're the team most concerned with respect the fans are definitely the most aggrieved that they don't feel they're most respected at times it seems i do think that they are disrespected mm-hmm. i also with the caveat that i think so much of it is earned Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a yeah. kind of like you get what you deserve kind of thing mm-hmm. and like going back to like rod strickland saying that like jazz fans are the worst fucking people alive mm-hmm. yeah. all the way up to like shane kiesel and russell westbrook a couple of years ago oh god yeah like there is like there is not a a, a set of fans with like who have set more of a record for like racisms per minute mm-hmm. oh, for in sure. the utah jazz <laughs> they it also like it's a, there's a real weird like inferiority complex with 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 jazz fans yeah, too. Our, our friend john wilms has described uh jazz and portland trailblazers mentality as sme which stands for of course small market energy yeah mm-hmm. absolutely uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know it, it kind of falls into that like that that kind of take note kind of thing mm-hmm. as well. Like, Hey, you looking at us, right? Huh? Hey, look at <laughs> us. Look, you, Three time defensive player of the year. <laughs> Carl Malone. 
I think that the the jazz He's the second, are second all time leading scorer. He's good at that. He's good at scoring. Ask thirteen year olds. Yeah, he's also yeah. I was about to say he's yeah. leading in scoring with a really a uh, really bad market. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, I think that the Jazz are disrespected when it comes to like national conversation at certain periods. Mm-hmm. So like like right now, I think that the Jazz are probably like billed as they are or nationally. Uh, you know, fourth in the West not doing anything like too splashy or anything and mm-hmm. again a small market team that like hasn't really won a lot in the playoffs they've mm-hmm. been second round exit or less so like why would people be talking a lot about them that being said like last season when they were the number one team in the whole league throughout like the entirety of the regular season it was it was like there's never been a team that's been that good during the regular season that hasn't had anyone in an MVP conversation that hasn't had like they didn't have the same amount of like nationally televised games. Like we know that those games can be like schedule changed once a team mm-hmm. like starts leaving. Yeah, yeah, they do yeah. that every season. Um, and so like they're disrespected in like last year they were disrespected that the same thing being said, though. Like when people were like, I don't really know if they can win a title. Well, no one really thought that like Toronto or Milwaukee was going to win a title either because like teams who haven't proven themselves don't get respect. That's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that like, I know I talked about, you know, fans making themselves easy targets. I also think that like, some jazz players do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You mean oh, like yeah. crying I, I, when not making an all-star game? The Mitchell yeah. sweatshirt. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, the whole, the whole, yeah. Mitchell campaign, like not a rookie thing was so unbelievably corny. <laughs> and I, I remember I tweeted that out and had jazz fans fucking furious at me. This is good art. <laughs> like, no, buddy, I have the most bullshit job in the world. I'm a creative director. This is what I fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> and I can promise you it's fucking terrible. And then, of course, like the two statues outside of the of the stadium are John Stockton and Carl Malone. And even Carl Malone outside of being a pedophile, uh-huh. which is yeah. very bad. Also, like on the board of the NRA. Uh-huh. Oh, right. <laughs> also, like campaign for uh, George Bush's reelection. Mm-hmm. Like, well, don't worry. John Stockton has gone out of his way this year to uh, rise yeah. to that level. Um, yeah, and then like John Stockton being like an anti-vax QAnon guy, which I don't really understand now, like the Stockton Malone dynamic and like the friendship there, because like one guy's a pedophile and like one guy's a Q guy. Like, I don't understand how that works. Like, like do they, do they still like last time I saw them, they were like hanging out at. Uh, like an LSU football game for like one of Malone's kids. He actually pays attention to <laughs> what happens if Carl Malone, like by stock and Wayfair, like what, how is John Stockton supposed to react? to something like that? <laughs> It's intense. It's intense. Well, uh, we're running out of time on our zoom meeting, which means we're out of time for this call. Uh, Sarah, where can our listeners uh, find you and read your work? You can find me at NBA Sarah on all the socials. You can read my work at Deseret.com, lovingly pronounced Deseret. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Greg, where can our listeners find you? 
uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dad Sham Dad, and then of course Brigham Young Money is at By Money Pod. Thanks so much and, for coming on, guys. And listen to Unsalvageable. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that, definitely that listen too. to Unsalvageable. Uh, Sarah, I also want to thank you. You sent me a, a Warriors face mask last year, and I wear it all the time. All of Hell yes. Yeah. Um, Love right. that. Thanks so much for coming on, guys. All right. That was Sarah and Greg, and that is our episode. Listen to their podcast. Follow them both on Twitter. Sean, is there anything you would like to plug? Um. Oh, yeah. I actually have. I booked some shows today. Um. I will be at Cobb's Comedy Club on from February 10th through the 12th mm-hmm. uh, in San Francisco with Noel Miller. And I'm not that familiar with him, but he is a Canadian YouTuber, um, comedian, and rapper. So so check that out. Uh, just start following him on Twitter. We'll see. He has a lot of YouTube followers. I have about 10. So. Great. <laughs> check um, that out. As for me... You can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on January 16th, I tweeted, how is Big Fat Liar 20 years old? Do you think do you think he watches billions and just like makes comments about like like he distracts his wife, Paigey, by mentioning like weird trivia facts (laughs) about Paul Giamatti, Paul Giamatti on the set? Um, I don't know. Sean, did you write a song? I do have a song. Now, Joey, um, you know I'm a big fan of uh, Ted Lasso, the Apple Plus oh, yeah. uh, sitcom. <laughs> we're we're definitely known on this podcast for enjoying and loving that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, in the spirit of their treatment of Christmas. Um, You're putting out a Christmas I, song in January? I have a January? Christmas song okay, in okay. January. We put, out a, we put out a Christmas song in October. We're putting out another Christmas song in January. It's about Utah. It is called Rudolph the Long-Armed Go-Bear. Great. Uh, that's playing under us right now. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. And shut it down. Um, like, please sell your stake in Warriors ownership. <laughs> like, come on, man. No more Mark Cuban friends. This was an episode all about Mark Cuban's friends. (laughs) Anyway, bye. Bye. You know Cantor and Ostertag favors and ingles. Andre Kirilenko is on Christian Mingle. But do you recall the most sensitive big man of all? Rudy, the long-armed go-bear, a three-time DPOI. And if he's not an all-star, it'll make his mother cry. All of the fans in Utah thought that Rudy G was dissed. They can't believe Sports Center doesn't talk about screen assist. Then one smoggy L.A. day, the Clippers came to play. Rudy, with that defensive plan, there's no way you can stop Terrence Mann. Then all the bloggers dragged him, and they shouted out with glee. Rudy, the long-armed go-bear, you gave everyone COVID-19. Bonjour, 
this is Rudy Gobert with some thoughts about Santa and his team of reindeer. For one, Blitzen has no commitment to defense. It is terrible. Comet does not work hard or have a winning attitude. And do not get me started on Donner. Donner? How about Booker? Devin Booker. He would be a better addition to a reindeer team because he is carrying the Phoenix Suns right now. And also, why is it only carrots for the reindeer? Why not some foie gras or some escargot? Ah, sacre blue. Rudy the long-armed go-bear he must wear enormous pants And if Utah trades him He might go and play in France All of his other teammates Couldn't get a folding chair And if he can't find cocaine Quinn Snyder will be in despair Then one January night Donovan put up bricks Mitchell wouldn't throw Rudy lobs And they just saved Frank Vogel's job Then all the Jazz were panicked And Royce O'Neal kept bricking threes Rudy the long-arm go-bear Your coach might be his story 